This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Dips inside and hits. Oh, oh, what, a what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, it's good! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. It's won by Stephen Fletcher back towards Adam Rich! Oh, You're listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. This is the Oppo's View, the show where we give you an insight into our upcoming opponents. Uh, this weekend is probably one of, if not the biggest game of the season with the win on Saturday confirming our place in the playoffs. Uh, we take on Wickham Wanderers at Adams Park for what will be the eighth meeting between the two sides. Uh, we've won this fixture four times versus their one. Uh, and with me to tell us everything about them is Phil Catchball from Ringing the Blues, the official Wickham Wanderers podcast phil uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us this evening Uh, how are you first and foremost yeah good you know pretty much like you guys really excited for this running and it's great to be involved at the right end of the table at this stage of the season yeah it's um you know at the start of the season if you just if you just said that you know we're going to be what fifth in the league and with there still be a chance of you know obviously playoffs automatics and what have you had a, had a snap jammed off especially how last season went for us and i suppose you really as well so yeah for us to be you know to people would have tipped us to be there and thereabouts and um yeah we've uh We've done that, haven't we? Now, we'll get straight into it then. Um, obviously, this is the battle between two of the informed sides in the division at the moment. We're unbeaten in eight, you're unbeaten in 10. Um, obviously, in those 10 games, you've picked up 22 points versus our 21. I mean, games don't get much bigger than this, do they, at this stage of the season? Not at all. And, you know, looking at the table from the last 10 games, Wickham are top, um, which at this stage is fantastic because, you know, I think obviously autos for us are out are out of the equation now. So you look at form, if you do get into the playoffs, then form is massively key at this stage of the season. We had a wobble of seven games without a win during February. Um, and the response to that has been fantastic. And we've put ourselves right back in there. 
um, but it's insanely tight. I mean, we were we were playing the other day. I think it was Good Friday, and we were two 0 up. And then Sunderland were also two 0 up. They let a goal in, and we went up above them on on the on goal difference. And yeah. um, you know, you're watching this move in real time, and you think, "Wow, this is so tight." Um, and there's some big old teams up there as well who all want to be up there in the championship. And unfortunately, we can't all do it. So um, it's exciting times. But for a club like Wickham um, to be in the company that we are at the top of the table, um, bearing in mind our recent history um, of nearly going out of business not that long ago, um, you know, we're enjoying every minute of it. And I think Saturday is going to be an absolutely fantastic day. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're right We you say it's so tight. I think... We can go. I think we can go something like two points off of, or a, or a point off of second with a win. But we can also be seventh if if results don't go our way. Like at the end of at the end of Saturday, which is like you know to be that close with you know so few games left of the season, it is crazy. And you know the the amount of points that teams are needed. We just said before we started recording that you know in the last ten years, I think we have both secured playoffs with the number of points that we've we'd got so far this season and it's not even guaranteed for for both of us yet which is which is crazy um and what what's been the secret to your recent run of form has anything changed because you've already alluded to it there in february there was a you know i think it was a run of was it nine games without a win and now you obviously 10 games without a defeat it's kind of a uh, switched almost yeah, it, it was seven without a win, but it it's felt seven, like yeah. a lot more. It felt like nine, maybe more than that at the time because <laughs> obviously we were doing so well and then all of a sudden everyone sort of overtook us and we were we were getting worried. Um, but you know, we went to a back four. Um, we played back three with wing-backs for you know, the vast majority of the season and, and that would be good enough to take us top at times and put us right up there. Um, but I think it's across football, across the top four divisions almost, there's been a shift from teams moving away from a three. I think there's a, there was a certain way of getting around it. People had sort of found us out almost. Um, so we went back to a back four um, and we looked more solid um, straight away. So we, we became very miserly again. Um, and then we've got goals in the team. We've got Sam Bokes, Daryl Horgan, um, Suley Kaikai, who's uh, been struggling to get game time. But when he is playing, he's featuring uh, in, in the goal involvements. Uh, Gareth McCleary, uh, Anis Fometi, you know, great attacking players for us. Um, so it was always a case of like keeping it tight at the back because there's always goals with Wickham Wanderers. So um, it was a case of that, just that change of shape, really. And then momentum and, and man management. I think Gareth Ainsworth is a fantastic man manager. And I think it it comes from the time when he hasn't had any resources. That, that list of players I've just given you are, are very much a luxury for us to have those at our disposal. Um, and I think um, with Gareth, with momentum as well and man management and the quality of the players that we've got, um, he was always confident that he could turn it round. And and he, he kept saying, you know, like this is the time, February is the time to drop out of the playoffs, you know, because it gives us time to get back in. Um, you know, it's going to be tight, but, you know, we're back in there at the moment at the time of us talking uh, and long may that continue. But yeah, Gareth has done a very good job turning it round because... You know, momentum is the word that we use, but, you know, you go seven without without a win. And if you don't manage that correctly, you can look at someone like AFC Wimbledon, look, 25 games without a win. Yeah. It can get out of hand, but we can arrested it and they've dealt with it really well. And now we're talking about momentum in the positive aspect. Yeah, you said there, momentum is key. And, you know, you look at it, one of Rotherham or MK Dons are going to miss out on automatics. And 
and you know, I'd hate to be that team that does miss out. I mean, we're still in, in with a shout, but I think our mentality, if we do miss out and get the playoffs, will be slightly different because we've had that late charge. Whereas, you know, MK Dons and and, and uh, Rotherham have kind of had it in their hands, and especially Rotherham, you know, they they looked you know like they were going to run away with it at one point, but you know they're going to be absolutely gutted if they if they don't. Whereas, you know, coming up against a you know Wickham or a, a club like us in the playoffs, you'd you'd fancy our chances. Um, you know, especially, especially with that momentum. You, you mentioned as well, Gar- you know, Gareth Ainsworth, the manager, is, is rapidly approaching ten years at the club. Um, do, do you think teams should should stick with managers, or has there been times where you perhaps thought a change was needed? Because you know, ten years is a hell of a long time to be at the same club. It's incredible, really, and I think you know the LMA should have posters of Gareth Ainsworth, and they should send them around the country to all the clubs because. You know, he got the job by his own admission too early. Um, we sat Gary Waddock and, and Gareth Ainsworth was the sort of the senior player in the squad. He became caretaker and then he got the job. His first full season, he nearly, he nearly took us out of the league. Um, you know, it was a t- really, really tough time at the club and a really tough time for a, a first-time manager. Um, back then, the club was owned by the fans. Um And I think it's on record as saying that if we'd had the money, we'd have fired him. We couldn't afford to pay him off. Um, yeah. We had to stick by him, and and I think because Gareth is he's um, he's a big enough bloke to admit his failings. He went away that summer and came back and changed everything that he could that didn't cost any money. And he said, "This will never happen to me again." And he's been good to his word because he's taken us to places we can only dream about. Um, and I dread to think had we fired him, where we'd be now. Because I don't know. As a betting man, I don't think we'd have been in the championship. I don't think we'd have had the two promotions that we've had. Um, and he gets our club from top to bottom. And it's purely because he's been there through the really, really tough times. And, you know, even when things were really going against us, he never stuck the boot into the club. He never blamed the circumstances. He was always so positive. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, there's times when fans were screaming for him to go. Um, and, he, and he stood there and he took it. And he gets what it's like to be a fan. And we love him to pieces. And um, I think he is the poster boy of giving people time. You have to be the right person, of course. You've got to have the right assets and the right mind frame for it. But I dread to think what we'd have done if we'd have fired him back all that time ago because it's been a hell of a ride with him. And I don't think any Wickham fan would have replaced him with anyone. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason why I ask that is, is obviously we've had more managers that you can shake a stick at in in recent years you know since we got to the you know the championship playoff final you know we've had Jos Lukai, Steve Bruce, Gary Monk, Tony Pulis and obviously now we've got Darren Moore um and that's only 6 years ago you know um going back to when Gareth Ainsworth started who were they before that Stuart Gray, Dave Jones I think even last bit of Gary Megson as well um you know when when we I th- actually, I don't think Gary Megson was there because I think did, did Gareth Ainsworth play in that last game of the season when we got promoted in 2012? I think he was playing that day, weren't he? he I was, think. Yeah, Gary Woodard was still our manager then. So, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, there's a hell of a lot of managers, and there was <clears> you know there was some Wednesday fans after we drew to to Bolton what last not last week the week before that were saying that Darren Moore isn't the man for the job. So it's quite refreshing to hear that. I know it's two different clubs and clubs of different size, but, you know, stick. we asked for a long-term solution. We've got a manager now, and, and for me, we just need to uh, we need to stick with it. Um, 
I mean, what what have the performances of Wickham been like of late? You know, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, well, three wins and two draws, un- obviously undefeated in 10. But, um, you know, he had a 2 0 win against Plymouth and then two drop points away at AFC Wimbledon. But, you know, what, what have the performances been like? They've been really good. Um, you know, we're playing really well. Uh, the two draws we've had have been against Gillingham away and Wimbledon away. Um, yeah, Gillingham away is a is a tough place to go, to be fair. Yeah, and, and, and Neil Harris, we got him at the wrong time. I think if we'd have got him a month earlier, we'd have won that comfortably. Um, but Neil Harris has got them ticking. Um, and also they're scrapping for their lives. You know, these teams down this stage of the season, when you go to a team that's trying to pull itself out of the relegation zone, we remember that. We were that team not that long ago. Like, yeah. you know, he, I know he came down in the championship, but like, you know, we were we were scrapping to stay in League One not that long ago, not that many years ago. So we understand what it's like. Um, and, you know, that was a good point away at Chillingham in the end. Um, AFC Wimbledon on Easter Monday, two days after um, Good Friday. Um, it, it's tough. Wimbledon were absolutely fighting for their lives. The majority of that game could have been played without a football. Um, they came for a fight and they fought and... Fair play, they fought really, really hard and Wickham had to stand up in the second half and and find the equaliser. Um, So, yeah, you know, these are tough games at this stage of the season. Um, The win against Plymouth was excellent. We absolutely killed them. Um, You know, I've never seen Wickham throttle a team as well as that um, this season. They just completely destroyed them with the high press. Um, Plymouth didn't have a target man. So we forced them to play the early ball long from the back and it just fell into our centre-back's hands. So it was the most complete display I've seen from Wickham this season in terms of tactically and the way it was taken out by the players from 1-11. to Um, Massive crowd as well, biggest crowd of the season for us. So that bodes well. And we did the same to Oxford um, in January. Um, And I think Gareth Ainsworth doesn't really get the credit he deserves from the wider football community. We're going to get on to that in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I think tactically he got it spot on. We beat Plymouth 3-0 at home park in November and we sat off them. We didn't press them at all because we thought, well, they go through their centre-back, he can have the ball all day because he can't play it. And they sat off and they didn't expect it. And we picked them off 3-0. We had about 30% possession and won 3-0. I think that was just yeah. before you played us, I think, because yeah. I can remember you talking about that that game last time we spoke as yeah. well. And but so yeah, I mean, we got, good, we got to Good Friday and we pressed it like like we like it was no tomorrow, and everyone was like, even though even we were surprised. We we're like, wow, where did this come from? Um, and we killed them. You know, we were two 0 up in the first half, and you know, and they never really laid a glove on us. Um, yeah. And considering their position and their recent run of form, I thought that was superb. So I think you know the form table doesn't lie. We're top off off the, off the last ten games. Um, we're we're we, top we, after five and fifteen, by the way. Just uh, just throwing that out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're toe to toe with you guys. I know you guys have got a game in hand, and um, and Sunderland have pretty much got an identical record to us in terms of points and and goals scored and goals conceded. We were we were behind them the other day on our head to head record. Um, so yeah, so you know we've had a, a a phenomenal season. Every team has a bad run. Ours came in February, um, and as Gareth said, it was a good time to have it. It gave us time to sort it out. Um, Rotherham are having theirs now, which is probably the worst time to have it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, you guys have been very good. You've been so steady. Well, the, yeah, so our, our form this calendar year has been, I think, you know, I think we've played two games less than the Wigan and MK, but, you know, points per game, we're, we're above them. Um, 
you know, home form has been fantastic. And that kind of leads me on to, to your home form. Obviously, the game is at Adams Park on, on Saturday. Recently, what, five... Uh, four wins and a draw, five clean sheets, you know, and conceded a goal in however many minutes that is, probably more than 450 minutes, which, uh, yeah, obviously bodes well for you on um, on Saturday. But, you know, a certain element like form kind of goes out the window a little bit when it when, when you get to these sort of games, doesn't it, to a certain extent? Yeah, I must warn you, talking about points per game doesn't get you many friends in football. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're right, I think I've likened this game to a cup final. So we can talk about league form, we can talk about everything else, but this game has an element of um, a one-off almost. This almost feels like a quarter final of the playoffs, really. Yeah. Um, for us at least, because we really need to win it um, to keep it in our own hands as we go into the final game of the season. Um, so yeah, I think when you talk about the high stakes and two teams so closely matched in an environment where we probably need to win, you guys may think a draw is okay with your, with your game in hand and stuff. So there's a real element of a kind of a European Cup tie to it, um, which for us just adds to the excitement, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the form book is great and it gives us confidence. But really looking at it, I'm thinking, well, this is this going to be, you know, when the whistle goes on Saturday, this to me feels like a Cup game. Well, it's like a game of top trumps, isn't it, with the form? You you know, you say, oh, we're top after 10, and well, we're top after 5 and 15, and you say, you know, you're unbeaten in 10, or we're unbeaten in 8. It, it's literally, you know, like, the, it's the two <laughs> the two informed sides, which is which is great. Um, let, let's talk briefly about the last time we met, then, obviously, way back in uh, the end of November, the, a snowy November as well. I can remember clearing the, clearing the pitch to get that game on. Um, obviously, a 2-2 draw. It was a deflected shot from Mehmeti, that I think it was Patterson that he you know stuck his head there and, and put it into his own net, um, which meant that he took the lead. But then you know goals either side at half time, Shadipo uh, and then Windass um, you know gave us the gives a two one lead and then a you know a fantastic free kick from Abita. Um, Bailey Peacock for perhaps should have done a little bit better with that one, but uh, you know we, we came away with you know a, a point apiece. Did you think that were a fair result? I mean, I, I'll have to say. I thought we did enough to win that game, to be on a um, on, on reflection. But you know, what were from your point of view? Yeah, I, mean, I think we were happy with the point. You know, Hillsborough's a you know a great old stadium and, and the history of the clubs and stuff. And you look at that and you think, well, it'd be slightly churlish if we come to say, oh, we weren't happy with the point there. But I mean, the thing that was frustrating from our point of view was at one nil, uh, the game got stopped for what appeared to be a medical emergency in the stands. And it turned out it was a couple of Wednesday fans beating 10 bells out of each other. Yeah, having a bit um, of a fisticuffs, yeah. Yeah, and then we were sort of looking quite comfortable at that point. And then I think it was about a seven or eight minute gap. The players came back out and you guys, you know, to your credit, came out a lot better than, than when he went down the tunnel. And the goal came from there. So, um, you know, momentum swings and, and, and goes in football. But yeah, that was... That was one of the things we looked back on and thought, oh, what if, what if that hadn't happened? But you never know. But you yeah, know, I mean, I think- look, look, look at like the shots. You know, we had eighteen shots, um, mm. eight on target. I think you only had two shots on target that game. Yeah. One, one takeaway that I had it was was your keeper Stockdale. I mean, I know he's been fantastic for you all season. We've already spoke about the, you know, the the, the five clean sheets at home that you've had consecutively. But I thought that he kept you in that game too. He made some fantastic saves. I know there was one against. Um, 
Gregory in front of the cop where it were almost like the the David Seaman save for Arsenal was it against Sheffield United and you know yeah. where, uh, the Gordon Banks esque you know like um, I, I thought it were, I thought that we were, were going in but yeah I thought he kept you in the game. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as like I say, after the restart, you guys were a completely different team. And um, had you started like that, I think you probably would have won the game comfortably. But, you know, in the words of Gareth Aysworth, that's what Stockholm's there for. That's what we pay him for. And, um, you know, he's a good Yorkshire lad. I think he enjoys playing up there in the cold and the snow as well. Um, yeah. yeah, he played really, really well. And he's had a really, really great season for us. Um, and, so, and he's a big reason why, although he won't accept that, he'll say that the team defenders are unit and, and that kind of sums up our spirit. But, but yeah, I think, you know, with all that in mind as well, I think, you know, we were happy with the point, really. Um, you know, I think greedily looking at the start we made, we think, well, maybe we could have got the three. But um, especially when you're 2-1 down away from home to come away with a point, it was a good point for us. Uh, and you guys were starting to click into gear around that time as well. So, yeah, you know, not many teams have come to your place and taken much away. So over the season, we were happy. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we've got good memories of you guys back at our place in the championship. Um, I think we guys, we did you a favour that day. I think we were ne- we nearly saw off Gary Monk for you. Oh <laughs> yes, uh, I mean, just I mean, on the on the team that played that day as well. You, you probably find that it's, it's going to be quite a different side. I think we had. Um, who did we have? We had Callum Patterson in defence, Shea Dunkley, who you know we're this talk, he's not been playing, but you know he's good in the air, which will be. Uh, you know, needed against the the long balls that you uh, that you guys pump in. Um, I think it was Kieran Brennan as well, who's not really played much either. The two goal scorers, um, Shadipo, he's not been playing. Windass is be, is out injured, so it is going to be a, a totally different side that that you come up. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Against uh, um, on Saturday. I just want to talk about a few players to watch. I mean, one obvious one, Sam Vokes, you know, goes without saying 15 goals, seven assists. Obviously, you signed him in the summer. I mean, what a signing he's been for. He wins everything in the air and, you know, he's, he's one of the your main focal point, isn't he, really? Absolutely. I mean, 15 goals and and the assists is all very well and good as well, but he's so important to how Wick can play. He's got real quality with his hold-up play, um, his flick-ons and his his layoffs as well. He's such an intelligent player and, you know, he really should be playing in the Championship still. And and thank God for a a terrible time at Stoke that enabled him to come down and and play with us. Uh, He's really happy at Wick and Wanderers and you can tell that by how he plays and his body language. Um, yeah, so he's been phenomenal, um, really. And what, what sort of goals does he score, Phil? Oh, he's if you put something in the box in the air, he's he's superb with his head. 
Um, he's got those instinctive finishes and and that's come over time to be honest. I think we've had to put an arm around him and, and kind of repair him a bit. He was a he was a broken player when he came to us from Stoke. He had a really, really bad time up there. Um and we've seen him sort of get his mojo back as the season's gone on. But you know, he if the ball's anywhere in the box and he's looking, you know, he's instinctive with his feet. Um, he's one of the best players I've seen in a Wickham shirt in the air. And, you know, bearing in mind we've had Adebay Rackham Fenworth for six years. Um, you know, he's he's a, a really intelligent player. Um, you know, and he's he just knows, he's got that knack that all good strikers have. He knows where to be when the ball comes in. You know, and it's interesting that, you know, long ball Wickham is, is a tag that we will probably take to our graves. Um, but it's, you know, if I've got one bit of advice for you guys is to think actually... We mix it up a bit now. Yes, we use the long ball where we need to, but we can play a bit too as well. And, um, you know, a lot of teams have underestimated Wickham this season and Plymouth and Oxford are two of them that have, that have done exactly that because, you know, we've played some pretty good stuff this year. Um, and, um, you know, Gareth Fainsworth, I think, enjoys um, people talking about long ball Wickham because I think he thinks, well, if they think that, then, you know, we can catch them by surprise a bit. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get on to that in a second. I mean, I've picked out another player as well. He, you know, he scored against us, um, Jordan Abita. You know, three goals, uh, seven assists as well. Obviously, operating down the left hand side. I think um, he, he looks like a, another another decent player that you've got. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we got him from Oxford. He spent a lot of time in the Championship with Reading. Um, he's a he's a local lad, and again, happy and settled in the area. And that, I think that's really important for a player. Um, but he, he offers a lot for us on that left-hand side. He's solid defensively, but what he offers going forwards, especially when we were three at the back, that wing-back role became his own. Uh, he suffered a bit when we went to four at the back because he started off as a left-back and then he got COVID and then he couldn't get back in the team. And, and Gareth doesn't really like changing in a winning team. And unfortunately, Jordan, that's away his turn. And he's just started creeping back in. I think with the fixture congestion over Easter, he got the start um, against Wimbledon. Um, we switched to three at the back in the second half, which again, he showed his value as well because the versatility of being able to play left back, traditional in a four, or being able to then move forward. He's even played up front on, on the left of a front three as well for us this season. Um, his versatility and I think, you know, a decent left foot at our level is worth its weight in gold as well. And, his set piece delivery is pretty special as well as as you guys saw back in November. Well, it weren't really a delivery; it was more of a more of a speculative shot, weren't it? But um, but yeah, uh, another player. He's, he's not going to be playing, but he's a player that we know fairly well. Is uh, Lewis Wing? Um, obviously, it didn't work out for him at Ullsborough. You know, he's not done too bad for you. Although, like I said, he's uh, I'm right in saying he's suspended, serving his third um, of you know third match suspension. Yeah, that was a real choker, really, because again. A bit like Sam Vokes, he kind of came to Wickham um, a little bit with a broken wing, shall we say, and we've had to kind of um, nurse him back to health in terms of his sort of getting in game time and getting him fit and match fit. Where, where does he play? Because for us, I felt like the kind of, that number, not number 10 role, but like attacking midfielder role was where he wanted to play, but that was obviously occupied by Barry Bannon and that's his position. I felt like he'd, that's where he wanted to play, but he never got the chance to play there. I mean, where, where does he where does he play when when he plays for yourself? When he really hit form um, was when we moved to back four. We went to four two three one, and he was one of the two midfielders oh, right, um, in the whole role. And he loved that because he's kind of got that quarterback element about his game where he can really pick a pass. He's he's a super intelligent footballer, 
Um, but also with Josh going alongside him, who does all of the heavy lifting, it, it gave him a bit of freedom in that role as well. So he's still able to get forwards and, you know, he can ping, ping shots in from all over the place. And he was really, really starting to get into his stride. And he played his, his three games up to his suspension were, I think, his three best games for us by a long way. And he was really getting match fit and showing us what he could do, especially in that system and that position. Um, so it was a real choker, really, for us to, to lose him um, because he'd sort of got his way in. Um, and obviously, you know, this game's got enough on it already, but had it then been Lewis Wing playing against Sheffield Wednesday, a team where it didn't work out, um, that would have just added a, another narrative on top of it altogether. But sadly, we won't have that. But, um, but yeah, he's been a big miss for us because just purely because of his quality on the ball. And I think, again, you know, a, a wing operating in... Um, in the right space in the right team should really be in the championship. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt there was a there's a player in there. And, you know, just, we saw what he did at, at Rotherham, and uh, to be fair, it probably goes down as one of the biggest disappointments of uh, of the season for us in terms of you know what we expected of him and, and what kind of delivered. But uh, you know, it, it doesn't always work out for for players, and you know, it's obviously one that's uh, that's moved on. Um, I'm going to have to talk about it. You know. You've already referenced it a few times. Obviously, Wickham's style of play. I mean, just by looking at the when you look at the stats, you know, you, you can kind of. I know you've said that you know you you do like to get down and play a bit of football, but you know, twentieth in terms of possession out of the twenty four teams, uh, second in terms of aerial jewels, thirty that you um, that you average, which is just shy of Accrington's by like. 0.1 I think it is um, obviously it's clear that you you know allow the other teams to have the possession and then you know you, you pump it up to like the Sam Vokes or Adebayo Akinfenwa try and frustrate teams is that fair to say I mean, you've already alluded to the fact that you um, that you don't play 100% like that but um, but yeah like I said the, the stats don't lie do they at the end of the day no they're very much the foundations across the season of, of what we've built this on and, and the last few years as well um, but yeah, I think of late we have evolved. There's been a, a change of style, I think, from sort of end of February onwards. Um, and we're playing the ball out from the back. Uh, I mean, I do a lot of the match day commentary for Wickham Wanderers and I nearly fell off my chair when we took a goal <laughs> kick that didn't leave the penalty area. Um, you know, bearing in mind the law changed in that in, I think, 2017. Yeah. Um, so the early part of 2022 was the first time Wickham had ever done that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, we do that and we still get heart attacks to be to be fair especially some of the some of the fans that sit around me that um yeah just get it forward <laughs> yeah we, we, we're not sort of doing the bit where the both center backs are on the corner of the six or we haven't gone that far yet yeah, it's coming goal, it's coming have a goal kick that didn't leave the um the penalty area um was it was like whoa what is this you know what is this sort of strange future that we're looking at here um we started taking short corners uh, you know, this is like unrecognisable for us. Uh, so, yeah, we're mixing it up. And I think that in itself is really good because obviously our blueprint is is what is what's got us here is is the direct style and getting it forwards to the big man. That will always exist. That's always in the locker. But they're now able to mix it up. And I think teams like Plymouth have struggled on Good Friday because I think they came expecting a certain way of playing. And we are very now proficient in another way as well, which again is credit to the coaching staff and Gareth um, because it means that we can change things up. We had to do it on 
uh, on Monday at Wimbledon. And we went to Wimbledon trying to play football and Wimbledon wanted to turn it into a, into a pub brawl, which they did superbly well. Um, but fortunately, we don't have to go too far back to remember when we were turning things into fights. <laughs> so we yeah. went back and went, right, let's, let's, let's roll up our sleeves here and get stuck in. I mean, what, a great game to watch. So, I mean, yeah. what, what forced the change? I know you said that the, the poor run of form in February, so I'm sure, you know, Gareth thought we need to do something different. But were the calls from the from the fans for, for that to kind of happen? Because um, I'm sure it's not fantastic to watch, surely. Um, I mean, it's really weird. Um, you know, as fans, the vast majority of us couldn't give a monkeys because we. it's all about results. Um, yeah. you know, if we try and play like Brazil and get beat every week, um, we'd be upset. Um, when we're playing the way we were and we were getting into the championship for the first time, no one cared how we were playing, apart from your position. And your position get rid they all the opposition fans throw the toys out of the pram when they <laughs> lose to Wickham Wanderers. Um, it doesn't matter what we would do, how we would play, they would find a way to belittle our little non-league history club. That's what we're here for. We love that. We enjoy that. Um, so I think Gillingham have taken that mantle this season though, to be fair. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, we, you know, it's not that we know our place. We enjoy it. I think what we offer, um, a lot of our fans, um, yeah, like I say, they, they weren't overly bothered. Obviously, you know, we, we've had people like John Gorman managing our club and, you know, we used to play superb football under John Gorman. Um, but we didn't get promoted, you know, um, but we had a wonderful period of football where we enjoyed watching it. Um, but really, football is about results and about going up. And Gareth Ainsworth found a way, and we love him for it. And, you know, the fact that he's now bringing in a certain element of football, and the only reason, and, and there's no there's no blinding magic to this, he's got budget for the first time this year. We've got a competitive budget in a, in a division that we should be in for the first time in his long time at this club. And blind and behold, he signed some quality players that we've mentioned in this podcast, and we can get the ball down and play a bit now. You know, yes, we've got a reputation. That's because we had blunt tools. We played a blunt system and it worked, you know. And I think, again, credit to the manager, you know, don't try and um, make someone do something that they can't do or they're not physically able to do. I think Gareth Ainsworth this year has probably evolved more out of, as a manager in his previous nine years in charge of the club because it's the first time he's had money. It's the first time he's had expectation. And uh, he's stepping up. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's just get your your thoughts on um, on us before we talk about the game this weekend. Obviously, we've already said we're eight games unbeaten. You know, we're fifth in the league, three games to go. I've got a game in hand over over some of them. Uh, yeah, what what's your take on us? I've, I'm sure you've been keeping a you know a, a close eye on us over recent weeks, like as have we with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have done fantastically well because. You know, for a, a club of your stature and size and history, dropping into the third tier, you've only got to look at Sunderland and their their many many years in League One and uh, um, and how badly they've done with that. Um, and they're still not home and hose. They're still scrapping with the likes of us to get out. It's a really tough division to get out of. Um, I think a lot of teams have done it spectacularly badly down the years with resource. Um, you know, you can come down and try and play pretty football for the entire season in League One and not get anywhere. Um, I think Darren Moore knows the division well. I think he's done incredibly well. When you think of the expectation, not just <laughs> of your own fans, but football fans in general, they look at Sheffield Wednesday and, and your fan base and think, what the hell are they doing in League One? 
And I think that supplies pressure from all angles. Um, I think what you've done this season is exceptional in terms of the fact that you've not really had a bad run. You've just been incredibly steady and just crept in slowly over the season and got yourselves in there with a good few months to go and got yourselves in the conversation. Um, and, you know, I think Barry Bannon is probably one of the standout players in the division. Um, I don't mm. think I'm going to get any plaudits for saying that. I think it's <laughs> one of the most obvious obvious things <laughs> in this division. Um, and I wouldn't mind betting that one of our midfielders will probably go to the toilet with him on Saturday and follow him everywhere, um, yeah. you know, to try and stop me from playing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been very impressed, really, because it's easy for you to be in the top six at this stage of the season. Everyone will go, well, they should be up there. But with that comes the pressure. Um, and, you know, I think maybe because you, your fan base is one of the few in football of the bigger clubs that seems to have a soft spot for us. Uh, <laughs> just because of that 20, 20, yeah, just because of 2012 when uh, that yeah, last game know, of the season, yeah. And, and we love that. You know, we're a proud non-league club and we still, we're still non-league in, in many, many ways. And I, and I say that as a compliment because we're a family club and, you know, it's a community and stuff like that. And it's, we, we used to be fan-owned and we've, we've now got an overseas owner, but the spirit of our club remains the same. And um, it's lovely when Sheffield Wednesday fans can recognise that. And uh, they're not like other big clubs who get upset when we sell our car park out, for example. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get on to this game at the weekend then. Um, how do you see it panning out then from, from your point of view? Um, like I said, we've already spoke about how kind of form goes out the window a little bit. I mean, what what's the noise coming coming from the from the the Wickham fans? I think we are, um, you know, we are obviously as fans, we're doing our job by being nervous about this game and <laughs> and thinking, wow, this is like, you know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's a forty six game season, and then it always boils down to like, you know, one ninety minutes almost. It seems, um, and we're obviously aware of the magnitude of that. As fans, it's our job to be nervous and wake up feeling sick in the morning. Um, I think the management and the squad um, feel like they've had a really good season and, and I agree with that. And I think they are in good form, in good shape. And I think the spirit and especially the home form and the, the psychology around Adams Park is that they don't really care who's coming to town. They're going to play their game and, and impose themselves on the opposition. And, and, you know, there's no, I wouldn't say... There's pressure on it, of course there is, because we want to get in the playoffs. But, you know, to the neutral, they look at Wicker Wanderers versus Sheffield Wednesday. I think most people are probably back you guys. Um, you know, we've made a living out of making ourselves the underdog. I think in this situation, we can do that quite easily. Um, so, yeah, I think the psychology of us is that we'll probably have a proper go at you, you know. And if we throw everything at you and we come up short, then we'll walk off with our heads held high and we'll, and we'll say fair play. But, you know... I'd back us to cause an upset on Saturday. Ah, definitely. Um, in, in terms of uh, obviously, we've we could have sold our allocation probably ten times over for this game. To be honest, obviously, it's the uh, well should have been our last away game of the season. Obviously, Fleetwood that rearranged fixture that we've got in between the last two games. Um, but yeah, is it going to be a big crowd at Adams Park on on Saturday? Yeah, we're nearing sellout. Um, I think you know we're we're very close to selling out the, the home areas as well. Um, and yeah, you know, I think credit as well to the club for not, for not giving you a lot more of the ground because we want, we understand the advantage of that Gibbs and, you know, we've got our highest average attendance over a season since the start of the century, um, which is great. Um, again, it shows you how far the club's been coming after a period of where we had nothing to really 
market the club or do anything with. Um, so, yeah, so I think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, the way it, the away end at Adams Park's got the best acoustics, so you guys will enjoy that. Um, and it'll be up to the other three sides of the ground to really kind of um, step up as well and, and be the 12th man, so to speak. But um, the atmosphere will be cracking. It was cracking on Good Friday because Plymouth bought a huge crowd as well. Um, but, you know, when, when you've got a club the size of yours, you know, you've got to get back in the championship where you get bigger away ends. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, obviously, before I nail you down to a, a score prediction, Phil, uh, obviously for all the, the fans that are uh, travelling down to uh, to High Wycombe this weekend, where's best to go for, for a pre-match pint? That's that's all that's, that's all that's important, really. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Adam's part, I mean, fortunately, hopefully the weather's going to be great. Um, we've got um, a fantastic away sort of beer tent and, and facilities in our, in our car park now and the lower tier car park. Um, which you know means that fans can get beers and stuff at the ground. Obviously, we're we're a quite remote location when it comes to yeah, the. I've seen that, yeah, uh, yeah, in the end of an industrial estate. So my recommendation would be to get to Adams Park and, and get into the beer tents and stuff there because it's a beautiful ground when you get there because we've got all the Chiltern Hills and and all the trees around it as well. You'll enjoy that. Um, there's a pub down the road called the Hourglass, which is probably about a 10, 15 minute walk. Um, so that's not a bad boozer as well, but yeah, get to the ground early, um, you know, get stuck in there as well because you'll be looked after well and, um, and then you're there and then you won't miss kick. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Phil, go on then, uh, score prediction for Saturday. Well, I've got a bat wicked to win. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't do any otherwise, but we need to win and I think we will. Um, it's going to be an absolutely nerve shredding 2-1 victory to the chip. Nice one, uh, Phil. Thank you very much. Uh, before you do go, where can we uh, where can we find your podcast and uh, where can we find you on the on the socials as well? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Blunt Phil B L U N T P H I L, and then if you just stick ringing the blues as in phoning, uh, I know you guys have got a podcast up there as well called Singing the Blues. I think yes, there is. Yeah, um, but ringing the blues uh, it goes back to the. Um, First ever club call. Um, we were the second club in the country to ever have a, have a phone service back in the in the 1990s, which was called Ringing the Blues, which is why we called that. So yeah, Ringing the Blues, stick it in there and it comes up on uh, on all the usual podcast outlets. It's um, it's a slightly different podcast, but we have a bit of fun with it and, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing to do. Fantastic. Phil, thank you very much. Um, obviously, all the best for the rest of the season, but Saturday, we need to win, mate. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know, I'm happy to sit here and say if we lose to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, then then so be it. We wish you all the, all the very best and after that. So, although we could be talking again in a couple of weeks, you never know. You never know. But cheers, Phil. Thank you very much. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, um, make sure you leave a rating or a review. And um, yeah, thank you very much, guys. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.